Hello, I'm Emily Dean. And I'm Kim Highland. And we're your hosts for You're Not That Special. Where we share conversations about the wonder and joy of our everyday lives. And we're so glad you're here. Good morning, Em. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Hair looks cute. Thanks. I got a shower. And... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Your hair looks good, too. Thank you. Welcome. We both have short hair now. It's funny, because in our picture, we have long hair. We both have long hair. And now it's short. Yeah. We need a new a new picture. Yes. Because yeah. we're not that special. <laughs> no. Neither is our hair. Yep. But we don't want to misrepresent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's spring... Spring birds are chirping. They are. Such a hopeful sound. Yeah, and this will come out during uh, the beginning of Passion Week, mm-hmm. the week before Easter. Very special. So what's been on your mind? Well, I heard a phrase this week, um, fertile ground. And it was, I know I've mentioned this other podcast so many times, but it was just in conversation over at the abiding together podcast okay and one of the are they um, are, are they like sponsoring us are no. we since we mentioned them <laughs> i know i just love their podcast no, no, I'm teasing. i think I, it's listen, awesome i like sharing about other people's stuff. yeah if you listen yeah. to our podcast you should also listen to abiding together and you should listen to father mike schmitz because oh. they are both those podcasts are so awesome um but yeah, one of the, um, there are three women on the podcast, and one of them was talking about the fertile ground and how our weakness is fertile ground for um, for the Holy Spirit to move and work in us. And it was just this one moment in their conversation, but it has stuck with me so much. And I'm also... Um, studying we're both studying mom and i are studying um the old bible testament, yeah. yeah and right now we're in the old testament and i'm seeing things a lot through the lens of the israelites and um and just how much opportunity they had to see god's hand in really tangible ways mm. and i mean you know like the classic manna from heaven how and this is a conversation we've had so many times but um you know how they were seeing god provide in this really tangible way you know their weakness provided this opportunity for god to show himself loving um providing right and you know everything that they need and they could have praised him they could have done all kinds of things, giving thanks, and and they complain. Mm. And just how in my own life, I, I've just been thinking about, like, my weakness in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Not just feeling ashamed or frustrated by it, but kind of, like, pressing into it and going, okay, God, what do you want to show me in this? What do you want me to learn and even more like 
not just like, what do you want me to change, but what do you want to show me about yourself Mm -hmm. in this weak place Mm -hmm. for me? Because this weak place in me is not just about me. This is an invitation now to know a part of you. And as I've been doing that in my own little way. Say that again, this week's... This weak place in me is not it's just, not just about you. About me. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation to know him. And so in my own small ways, what can you show me? What can I learn? Mm-hmm. Help me not be like the Israelites, but let me press into this weakness, admit this weakness, uh-huh. and then learn more about you. That's such a different perspective on weakness that's a real paradigm shift I know my response to weakness in my life whether it's physical or circumstances or emotional is to go a little harder and faster you know Mm -hmm. like no 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 I can do this I can do this I can do this and then when I inevitably you know run into a wall and realize I can't yeah I have a fit, <laughs> yeah. No. And um, and then I despise it when I think of. I mean, if I'm being really honest, to mm-hmm. all you anonymous listeners, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I walk away. I'm like, who heard me say that? But no, I think when I think of weakness, I despise my weakness, mm-hmm. which is a really strong word. But that is kind of the undercurrent of my emotions. Yeah. And um, it's like, it shouldn't be this way, you know? And I think a lot of people in general turn outward, like they will be angry at the people around them or circumstances around them and blame that or turn inward. Mm -hmm. I I tend to turn inward, Mm -hmm. which is not humble at all. It's really pride, you know, but it's just like I turn inward um, I'll strategize, how could I fix this weakness? How can I um, overcome it? How can I numb it and yeah. forget it? You know, and it's just, and so when you said that, that your weakness is not about you, that really caught my attention because, goodness, when I'm feeling my weaknesses, it is all about me. I have become the sun, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and the moon and the stars and the planets are. Um. Yeah, I, I become incredibly egocentric, mm-hmm. which I think is it's it's a subtle temptation because um, it doesn't seem proud. It doesn't seem it's like no, there's this is a problem. It's me. Now I got to go about fixing it. Yeah. So to humble myself and see, okay, even this weakness is not about me, but about God revealing his love, strength, wisdom see, in my life. Yeah. That's really, that's a place of tension yeah. because that's a such a sweet invitation, mm-hmm. but I can even feel my own pride because you're hitting me like in a very, very <laughs> weak week. W e a k w e e k a week week. It has been a very weak week <laughs> from a lot of 
directions, yeah. you know, some circumstances in my life, some physical stuff, some, you know, middle-aged <laughs> stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and feeling a little <laughs> overwhelmed by my weakness. So to think about that invitation mm-hmm. to see his love and grace, it, it like there's this little piece in my heart that like, you know, lifts and feels hope. Mm-hmm. But there's also, I think, this resistance. Yeah. Like, because... No, no, I don't, I just, I just don't want to be weak. I just want to move past this, get over, you know, right through this as quick as possible instead of opening up my hands, relenting Mm -hmm. and letting and trusting that God has brought me to, you know, this little, last week it was a tsunami of poop. This week it it feels like it's a tsunami of weakness. (laughs) You know, something you said about, the, I, I can't remember what you just said, but uh, like blaming, blaming yourself. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that reminded me of, I'm telling you, listen to Father Mike Schmitz, but he <laughs> just did blaming versus taking responsibility. Mm. I just listened to that and it was so good. And he was like, we will blame others. Like, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault for all this weakness, or we'll blame ourselves. And neither mm-hmm. one takes responsibility. If I, if oh, I blame myself, you know, so we think of blaming others, of course you're not taking responsibility. If I blame myself, no, 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 I'm taking it upon myself. No, you're not. You're just blaming. You said it was proud. Man, it's just like, as proud. Like I'm sorry. hitting me hard. It's like bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. <laughs> so, but. That's good though. He's talking about blaming ourselves. We're just saying, oh, I'm not good. I should be good. Yeah. Well, no. No, you shouldn't. I You're should just be strong. I should be better at this. I should be, I should, you yeah. know, I always used to tell you guys, don't, don't shit on, on yourselves. yourselves. And you'd be like, mom, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> my little, yeah, don't shit on yourselves. But taking responsibility says, oh, I am weak. Mm. God, can you That's so interesting this? because I think take responsibility. Yeah, that's, that's a big shift because what you just described as blaming, I would think, well, yeah, it's my fault. I'm responsible. But to take responsibility is to, if I'm hearing you right, it's like to humble myself and say, apparently I need help here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently I need to humble myself and ask God to help me to cover my back, to fill in where I'm weak. And no request too small. So I heard that... Father Mike Schmidt's podcast, and I, it just kind of feels like what I what I brought up at the beginning. It's like the swirling of everything that I've been taking in, you know, like mm-hmm. from biblical study with the Israelites and the complaining, and just kind of like yeah, thinking about that, and then hearing Father Mike Schmidt's hearing that phrase on abiding together about like um, uh, good. <laughs> Fertile ground, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, fertile ground. And then I'm also reading Little Women with some friends. And just like the idea of life. Life is hard, right? And it's hard for all of us in all different ways. But recently, and I said, nothing too small, like even the littlest. I've just been feeling overwhelmed by housework and and child rearing like it's just felt that's not the littlest though 
Just yeah. FYI. Yes. That's it can feel very small. Right. Because it's, it's private. Hidden. It's hidden. It's a hidden yeah. place. Yeah. Um, nobody's going to applaud you in the mornings. Um thank you. <laughs> but it's it's I been, applaud you. It's been feeling a lot and you know with the spring it's it's so hard to do chores nobody wants to be inside and I don't want to keep everybody inside to do right. chores but I'm listening to little women and they have Hannah you know they have this <laughs> live in she is there she's not just you know a, a maid a housekeeper she's like she's Hannah she's like their she's auntie family. she's yeah. family yeah and she comes alongside them and I was like God, where's my Hannah? Like, I yeah. need a Hannah. Yeah. And I really was thinking about it in terms of, and I've had this top, this conversation with friends before, like, when in society were you ever the schoolmaster, the housekeeper, the cook, yeah. um, the wet nurse? Can we keep going? Like, <laughs> I the wet nurse. <laughs> I am, yes, I am. I am everything yeah. in the house. Yeah. And that, like... Culturally, that's odd. Yeah, it if is. If you look at history and other cultures, and for other sure, because they're multi-generational. Right. And it makes me think about... It's I mean, not it's, all on one woman right. to do and all of those things. Yeah, yeah, we... Yeah. But that is the culture I live in. Right. It's the time I live in. And I was just kind of looking around the house, like, okay, <sighs> I'm so tempted to blame. I'm so tempted to just go... But that's so. I should be able to do this. Yeah. But to say, God, I can't. Mm. So show me how. Mm -hmm. And to actually look at this as, yeah, this is fertile ground for something new to grow. Wow. It's a totally different perspective. It is totally different. And you know what? That sense of of overwhelm to me feels makes me feel so trapped. And what you're describing is like a door, you know, a way, a way out. Just, I mean, not necessarily out of the circumstances, but out of that churning and yeah. frustrated and almost despairing, mm -hmm. you know, when you're confronted with your, I mean, we've talked a lot about limitations, you know, and mm -hmm. sometimes they just really do pile up. And what you're saying about fertile ground is it's like, in that place of of need, inviting God into that, it, it just shifts it so much. It becomes yeah, it becomes a place of of heart change in us, mm -hmm. of learning who we really are before Him. That we're not all that. We're mm -hmm. not that special. <laughs> we mm -hmm. we're not meant to be mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. And in our humility, having a really correct understanding of ourselves. Yeah. Before God. Hello. You know, before who he is, who we are. And like even just talking about it, just that sense of awe that he in all his love and perfection and power and grace bends down. And wants to come help us. And one of my favorite scriptures is in Philippians 2, where it talks about how Jesus, you know, being equal with God, didn't consider it something to be grasped, mm -hmm. but laid it aside. And I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, becoming a man, even that, yeah, mind-boggling, but then going all the way to the cross so that 
we could be in relationship with God and we could be helped by him mm-hmm. in the details of our lives, in our limitations and weaknesses. And yeah, I mean, incredibly fertile ground that has been by the circumstances kind of stir. I mean, that's the thing about when we go to plant stuff, mm-hmm. you don't just drop the seeds in, you yeah. you work the ground, you know, and if that's our hearts, then, I mean, to me, that's always so hopeful that this is the pain, the disruption is him prepping my heart for something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got that image of like a child stomping their foot because they don't know the answer mm. instead of just saying, mom, what's the answer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard a story years ago. I want to say maybe Max Lucado wrote about it in one of his books, but it was about being at one of, I don't even think they have them anymore. They certainly don't now, you know, um, but ball pits, you know, you remember those when you were little, Mm -hmm. those came out when you guys were little and it was the greatest thing in the world, you Mm -hmm. know, in playgrounds and stuff. I mean, it's a a germ, germ city, (laughs) all these plastic balls and children spitting and drooling and playing in them. Yeah. So gross. But anyway, when they first came out, they were pretty novel and fun. But he talked <laughs> about his little girl being in a ball pit. And here's the thing about ball pits. I don't know if a child ever died in them, but they would, little kids would like go under, you know, so like scary. they would sink in the ball pits. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, probably not the greatest idea in the beginning, but it, um Oh, the I, remember being, oh, I remember being. I remember being. I remember being at ball pits and like being very aware and watching the littlest of you, you know, to make sure <laughs> you didn't disappear. And it's not like you couldn't breathe, but that'd be scary, <laughs> you know, to be under the ball pit. But he was talking about his little girl who was in this dire situation. She was far from him, but she was carrying a bunch of balls, and there was something about. As she's carrying the ball, she keeps like, can't hold her balance and keeps falling and going under and Mm -hmm. she's crying and he's, you know, trying to, I guess he couldn't get to her somehow and he's calling her to her. Here's the point though. She wouldn't put the balls down. Mm -hmm. And if she'd put the balls down, she would have been able to more easily make her way to the source of her help, you Mm -hmm. know? And that, that came to mind when you were talking um, hmm. Just we yeah. don't want to let go yeah. of what we think is necessary. Our yeah, our kingdoms. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which um, it makes me think of Mary and Martha, and just that line where Jesus says, "Only one thing is necessary," you know, mm. and Mary's chosen that good thing. You know, the things that Martha was concerned about were many. And they were all, quote unquote, necessary. We need to eat. We need to clean. We need to, you know, fill in the blank. But in light of the one thing, they really are are, are not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have to do all those things, but not at, never at the expense of the trust and the uh, communion with Jesus, which, which is what... Mary was choosing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, our our struggles and trials and weaknesses and hitting up against those limitations are such a an opportunity, an invitation. Mm-hmm. 
I have one more analogy. Because I was actually thinking about dead things the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and just obviously you think dead things. We don't, you know, what good is there in dead things, right? So, but what got me thinking about it was I was out looking at my very, very neglected garden and, you know, flower border. And that I, you know, just kind of, I think last August I was said to it all, good luck, I'll see you in the spring because I was too busy to do anything. Um, But um, I saw crocuses starting to come up and I had forgotten that I had crocuses planted and I um, was going over and because I'd, you know, not really done any fall cleanup, they're coming up through a lot of dead foliage. Mm-hmm. And so I was picking, you know, like dead leaves that had fallen, pulling those away. But then as I got through the really loose stuff, there was dead foliage that they're coming up through. And I wanted to clean that. And I started to pull it. And it was, I realized it was going to rip out. The roots. The roots of the crocuses. Yeah. And, and so I had to leave it there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it just got me thinking about, in a garden, how dead things nourish the mm-hmm. soil mm-hmm. and um you know some of them stabilize what's coming up and it just it it was a shift in my mind of you know you just think of dead things get rid of it move on mm-hmm. and i think of my own life like that okay you know done with this move on move through this is this is bad this is good yeah so I get, that just came to mind in this conversation of something that we would just inevitably see as something broken, something that needs to be fixed, something that we need to move past, but how God's um, design is so often so different. Yeah. And he embraces our stories. He doesn't edit them. Yeah. He doesn't edit us. He yeah. makes us, he fulfills us. Yeah. But we are so prone to edit, to mm-hmm. delete. That's good. Discard. Yeah. Yeah. I know I was thinking, I was praying last night when I couldn't sleep, and I start praying for everybody. And I can get really overwhelmed because all of you guys have a lot of stuff. And so I'm just <laughs> like, especially when I'm praying for all of you at once. And I'm. I'm praying and feeling that, feeling overwhelmed by everybody's, and it, and in my mind, it just becomes like, oh my gosh, and there's that, and there's that, and we got to, and they, and they, you know, and this could do that, and it was like the Holy Spirit just said to my heart, you know, do you really think one that I'm unaware two that all of this needs to be fixed mm-hmm. before I can work in their lives? Before I can, you know, accomplish my my goodwill, or before you can have peace in the person that is Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think in terms of because I mean I'm not a mature mother, so I'm not thinking about all of my children and all of their families, but I'm thinking about my small cluster of people and you know my little family and just that can feel overwhelming yeah and I've been so impressed by I had a bout of mastitis so I was just in bed and I was just praying (laughs) and I like looked up a bunch of prayers too because I was like I want to pray some prayers from 
some smart people who pray really good <laughs> prayers. Mm-hmm. And so I was praying from different saints and, um, and I was praying all these different prayers and I was just, yeah, just Im- impressed with this, this idea that I'm, I'm like waiting for, for peace to accept his peace after my laundry list of things has been taken care of. Like after you've, you have fixed, you have, (laughs) you know, changed these things in my life, then I can have peace. And that's, that's not, that's not how it is. That's not how it works. Well, you've mentioned the Israelites a couple of times, and I think they are such a great lesson in so many ways for us. But one of the biggies for me is you, you mentioned how God provided for them. You know, he led them with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and he fed them from heaven. Mm-hmm. And I always think of the scene in Prince of Egypt when they walked through the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. He parted the waters and they walked through on dry land. Pretty miraculous things that really speak to who he is. Mm-hmm. He's God, you know, creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so our complaining, their complaining just seems ludicrous. Yeah. Look who he is. He's right there with you. He's providing for you. But then then I think of myself. Yeah. And, you know, I don't see those miraculous things, but I at the same time, have seen miraculous things. And day to day, I see his provision mm-hmm. in the love around me, the people, the house, the food. Yeah. It could be so, so much worse, you know? And so it's the same, it's the same scenario. Mm-hmm. But yet my heart is still prone, just like theirs was, to complain. Mm-hmm. And... We should do, maybe we should pause in, in our next episode, talk about complaining and grumbling. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of experience with it, <laughs> but I think there's there's a lot of, it's it's a good thing to look at because it's not, yeah, we don't think much of it. Yeah. And it robs us. You know, I have just one more thought. Okay. Because when I think about complaining, you know, we're seeing a lack and we're pointing out that lack. Right. Um. Uh, I feel like that's not wrong. That's not. It's not wrong to see the lack and point out the lack and say there is lacking. Mm-hmm. But then we demand satisfaction. We demand, you know, blank, whatever that is mm-hmm. that would satisfy us. And God gives us Himself. Mm. Yeah. And we say, no, I want, I want blank. And He's like, no, no, I've given you myself. I'm gonna. I'll mull that over. That's that's a good one to mull over, especially this week. Mm-hmm. That's what this week we remember. We remember the ultimate sacrifice of himself. So everybody, thanks for listening. And um, we hope and pray that you have a very meaningful week as we remember Christ death and celebrate his resurrection Mm -hmm. talk to you next week